it's really hard to select one rock formation or one place. I'm sure many of us feel that way uh, about things that we, we share in our lives. But I think the heart bursting, mind blown moment for myself was the first time I saw Lake Superior. Um, and I had, you know, I, I grew up on the east coast of Canada, so familiar with large bodies of water, spending time in the Atlantic Ocean. But seeing Lake Superior absolutely blew my mind. It was an incredible, incredible thing to see. Welcome to A Fresh Air Inspired Life. I'm your host, Amanda Wise. And today's guest is not only a doctor of geology with a focus in geoheritage, she's a dear friend of mine and many other things, as we'll find out. Though she's originally from Nova Scotia, she has lived in the harbor for about 10 years. Please welcome our beautiful guest, Dr. Erica Vai. Hi, Erica. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for your generosity in hosting me today oh. and sharing all these great stories with everyone. Really appreciate it. Oh, of course. I'm so happy to have you on. Dr. Vai, I need to know, what intrigues you about rocks and rock formations so much that you decided to delve this deep into learning about them? It started, my interest in geology started when I was an undergraduate at Dalhousie University in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I was actually in the theater department. So I was like singing and waving my arms around and doing like Broadway kind of stuff. And I needed a science elective. And mm -hmm. I took geology as a science elective. And I was fascinated by this incredible science that teaches us all about incredible landscapes and landforms. And then that sort of evolved into this field of geoheritage, because when we think about geology, it's very important. It's foundational to our identity, our sense of place. The geology is going to shape our politics and uh, the way people view art and create art. I mean, it's incredibly foundational to everything around us, but we might not necessarily be able to articulate that connection or that relationship that's rooted in geology. But rocks tell us great stories they have incredible wisdom and we have these amazing opportunities to connect and, and listen uh, to what they have to share so i think it's just a very abstract science um and creative at the same time so. wow that's way cool from theater to geology that's i did not know that about you that's awesome yeah i love how you bring theatrics into geology when you talk about them you're so expressive um, one thing I always love to hear you say is the term geovitality. Did you coin that? We say a lot of geo words. 
kids, oh. myself and my mentor and dear friend Bill Rose, we talk about geopoetry, we talk uh. about geovitality, we talk about geoheritage. So basically putting that geo in front of all of these things that we perhaps resonate with us in different ways, but recognizing that rootedness in the in the geology like the rock connects us the rock is what helps us get to this point where we're expressing ourselves in these different ways so or also you could think of it as emotional geology that mm -hmm. geology helps us connect to our landscapes um, and that's going to be different in any place you go the underpinning geology mm -hmm. is going to then be reflected in how people build those relationships in that place uh, and it's different because the geology is different all over the world so it is Wow, cool. Um, I've also heard you say that these large land formations are alive and Earth is alive. And I love how you talk about how it connects us because we all are on the same rock, really. Um, can you explain what you mean by that term geovitality and this aliveness? Aliveness in that we see changes in Earth's history. Some things are very slow. They happen on a scale of millions of years, and then other things happen on a more catastrophic scale. Some things can happen within instants, like volcanic eruptions, um, floods, things like this. Um, but I think that being able to connect to landscapes that share deep wisdom and stories mm. will help us recognize our own aliveness and perhaps our mm. our place in this large scale of deep time um, so thinking about the billion year old rock formations that make up the Cuban Peninsula and then thinking oh my gosh we're we're here for such a short time and these rocks have been here for a billion years and they support us and I think we need to offer some gratitude uh, mm. to to the to the space and to the rocks that are underneath us literally supporting us in that way wow Cool. Um, would you mind giving us a little lesson today? What kind of lesson would you like, Amanda? Well, I'm sure you can guess. Uh, the Keweenaw is such an ancient and unique place. Can you give us your version, since I know you do this presentation, um, of the process of how the landforms of the Keweenaw Fault and the surrounding areas were formed? Sure. I. This is, we were talking about the theatrics a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times if I have a group of people, we'll actually act this stuff out. We'll use our <laughs> bodies to like understand this in a, in a deeper way. Essentially the story of the Keweenaw, and this may sound a little trite, but it's thinking about fire and ice. Mm. So we're thinking back a billion years ago to where the Keweenaw is, is now. Um, we would have had oceans and oceans and oceans of magma, which started with something that's called the Mid-Continental Rift, which was this upwelling of magma from the deep earth that then broke open the crust and poured lava onto the surface of, of this place. And you can think about lava flows. Maybe you've seen things um, like Iceland or Hawaii. So it's these kind of eruptions, not like Mount Vesuvius, where you're thinking about a big volcano, a big mountain that's erupting in this really violent way. It's more this Icelandic or Hawaiian style. So mm. a big crack, these fissures in the earth, bringing up this magma from the deep earth and then pouring this oceans and oceans of lava onto the surface. And over time, 
we had about 400 lava flows. Some of the largest known lava flows on the face of the planet make up the backbone of the Cuban Peninsula, mm. which is pretty cool. If you mm -hmm. think about it, like that's something that's a tout, like, hey, we have the largest lava flow on the planet right here. Mm -hmm. But these 400 lava flows under their own weight over time started to kind of sink and they, they create mm. this bowl-like structure, which geologists would call a syncline, but it creates a basin. And so the lava flows, if we think about these lava flows spreading out onto the surface, and we look at the Keweena, all the rocks, if you start looking around, you'll see triangles all over the Keweena Peninsula. Oh. And what those triangles are, are these lava flows that are like dipping in towards the lake. They run all the way underneath Lake Superior and they come up and they make up the backbone of Isle Royal. So the rock really does connect us. It's the mm. same lava flows that make up the Keweena and Isle Royal. So Lake Superior is cradled in this basin of ancient billion-year-old lava flows um, that, that happened a long, long time ago. Wow, I honestly got goosebumps with you <laughs> when you motioned your hand diving under the lake from the Keweenaw coming up as Isle Royal. That's so cool to me. And anyone who's been to Isle Royal and the Keweenaw both can see kind of the mirrorings of the landforms um, on both sides and so many similarities it's very cool wow thank you for explaining that that's one other thing i noticed if you hiked i'll uh, if you've been on isle royal and you've hiked you'll be hiking along with your big backpack and it'll be like oh my gosh this is super 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 steep when is this going to end and then boom and then you go down it's like this really gradual you know sort of downward and then super steep uphill and that's so that's ridge and valley topography is because mm -hmm. of these lava flows where the tops of these lava flows are um, a little bit more susceptible to erosion so you get these like base of the lava flow which sticks up and creates these ridges and then the, the what would have been the top of the lava flow has now been eroded away and so you know which way you're walking you're like i'm definitely mm -hmm. walking south if I'm going on this nice little slow meandering downhill. So the geology also makes up sort of like the grueling hikes that we might have. Yeah. And you'll know where you are because those rocks are dipping south and then again coming up on the other side of the Cuban Peninsula. So cool. That is that is so fascinating. Thank you so much. I think that's one thing a lot of people take for granted up here. Um, I know I don't view it as intimately and as excitedly as you do but you always help bring that out in me i remember one time i was walking with you on hunter's point and you stopped and waved your hands in the air and said oh my god this is where the conglomerate meets the basalt there's not many places you can see it but it's right here and you showed <laughs> me and brady and our other friend you are so excited what's it like to be you and go for a hike on the trails or the shores knowing what you know what is going through your mind that's a really great question i think that comes down to all of us like our own ethos where we come from what kind of things resonate for us and then what we know our knowledge and the way we collect that knowledge helps shape the things that make us jump around put our arms up in the air <laughs> and start pointing at things in a really excited way um definitely having a deeper appreciation of that geology is is fantastic but then i would walk with you and you might point out a wildflower that's mm -hmm. blooming that i've recognized or i've seen but i don't understand 
the details of when it's formed or how the leaves uh, how the leaves look what what's going on with that mm-hmm. particular plant so it's I what I love about being out in the field is that we all share mm-hmm. our knowledge with each other guiding field trips on geology it's not just we're only talking about geology this is geology. you you're gonna learn about so many things because where our background is, what builds our knowledge base, we share and we should share. We have all these great teachings and we should be able to share them between one another. Yeah, it is cool going out with other people who know other species like the trees and the birds. I, I, for some reason, I just can't memorize birds as well as I'd like to, but I like when <laughs> other people talk about birds probably because I have too many wildflowers species that going in my brain you know and that's what gets me all excited so mm-hmm. yeah it is cool to do that together and the geology the geology while while the other cool native species of the area do help make this a unique place it's really the geology like you said that formed it all and and sets the stage for everything else to be here yeah it's foundational we think about those like orders of creation in a sense of having the rock that then supports the soils that supports plants that supports animals and then you know human beings here we are we're all connected Mm -hmm. um but but thinking about um the importance of geology that it it truly does support this web of life and all the things that we find here so yeah can you tell us a little bit more about some of your field work uh, through the Michigan Tech University, like guiding tours and such? Sure. So over the years, we've done a few things. We've run the Keweenaw Geo Heritage Tours. That's uh, through, as I mentioned earlier, my mentor and friend, Bill Rose, um, which is really thinking about informal learners and like lifelong learners and how to engage people in knowing more about how the geology influences um, things here in the in the Kiwana, how it builds people's relationships. So we would have specific focus on, you want to know about lava flows? Come on this day. Would you mm. like to know about glaciers? Come on this day. And that work is, is continuing. Um, we've just wrapped up a couple of incredible weeks working with some uh, high school students as interns on a project. We're reading landscapes through different lenses. So thinking about other ways of knowing mm. about geology and other stories. Um, and really... Um, thinking about the way geology not only influences relationships but uh, environmental issues in our community for example if we think about how the mining process the most recent mining we know there's been mining here for (coughs) excuse me Mm -hmm. there's been mining here for about nine thousand years and then this more recent and well the stories are told about sort of this european diaspora and this mining Mm -hmm. process and some of the, the mining waste that's been created by that, like the stamp sands, if you've mm-hmm. ever been out to Gay and you've seen this mass distribution of stamp sands out on the beaches and how then they are now moving out onto Buffalo Reef and, and covering a highly productive lake trout and whitefish spawning ground. And, and then how that has um, it, its tentacles kind of reach further into commercial fisheries. How is that going to impact commercial fisheries today? How does that impact uh, indigenous nations like Red Cliff and Keweenaw Bay Indian community who identify as fishing people and have a cultural connection with fisheries? 
So it's these, this connection of a billion-year-old lava flow and copper deposit, how people developed a relationship with it in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and how you know, current Earth systems processes are now redistributing some of that material and impacting us today. So really exploring relationships with geology. That was a really long-winded response. No, but, great, because yeah. yeah. it does reach so far. And where do you even stop? Yeah. You know, you can't, like you said, the tentacles, they don't stop. They really do infiltrate yeah. um, from everything on. So that's very cool. Um, one thing you mentioned when you were talking about this was the glaciers, but you didn't really, I don't know, the glaciers were part of the formation up here, weren't they? Would you tell us a little bit yeah. about that? Well, again, so we talked about the fire and ice story. Yeah. So the fire is what creates that basin. It's mm -hmm. all those lava flows. And then if you can imagine you know, being in this region 10,000, 12,000 years ago, mm. we would have had an ice sheet sitting here that's two miles thick. That's a lot of ice. It's <laughs> powerful, huge, powerful ice machine that's pulverizing our landscape wow. and shaping it to what we see today. So yes, we have the basin for Lake Superior. And then we think about glaciers and people talk about advances and retreats in glaciers and, mm. and even myself doing the hand motion of it going backwards. We know that you know, they don't go back to where they come from. They just melt. And so, mm. so we have this um, fire, the, the basin created by these lava flows. And then when the glaciers retreated and melted, they filled that lake. So it's that those bookended sort of stories of a billion year long geologic process with a more recent geologic process. And then, of course, the power of that ice and how it's left our huge ridges of resilient strong basalt that make up our backgrounds and have scoured the the softer sandstones on the bay degree side of the peninsula so it's important yeah to think about those two processes uh and and glaciers are amazing because it's like we we know they're here we see their evidence but it's sort of like a ghost geologic process mm -hmm. in a way which i think is kind of kind of intriguing as well so. it is fascinating you just uh mentioned a couple different kinds of rock is there any particular rock that when you see it or find it on the beach or see a wall of it you're like oh my god this is my favorite rock do you have a favorite i do not have a favorite ah. rock um yeah i don't i don't have a favorite i will say there's one texture that i really love here in the q and so we talked about having some of the largest known lava flows on the face of the planet here. And if, we, if you've been driving past um, Cliff Drive on your mm -hmm. way to Fitzgerald's, if you're coming from Houghton and you see Cliff Drive, that big, big, big uh, cliff, that is the greenstone lava flow, which mm -hmm. is the largest known lava flow by volume on the face of the planet. And so we think about lava flows today, they take maybe you know, a week or a month to cool. And this flow would have taken about a thousand years and wow. within it are these really cool crystals, these little phenocrysts that, that cool because it's, it was a long time cooling. You get these really, really cool textures. It's called ophitic texture. And if you see it uh, on the side of the, you know, on the beach as you're walking, it kind of looks like moose poop, like oh. <laughs> these little, little bumps that kind of uh -huh. come out of the rock. Uh, so it's within those black and gray basalts. But I, I love that ophitic texture, and it's a hallmark mm. at Aquina. You don't really find that texture in other parts of the world and other lava flows. So it's something that's really special to the Aquina as well. So ophitic texture, I love that one. So. Oh, awesome! Yeah. I must say, I never heard of it, but I do know what moose poop looks like. Exactly. So maybe so, you'll recognize yeah. it when you're out <laughs> on the beach. Yeah, I will. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so cool. Um, I'd like to 
I'd like to switch gears into the Great Lakes Research Center. So I did my PhD research at Michigan Tech and continued to work for the Center for Science and Environmental Outreach for, for a long time. And then we got more or became more involved at the Great Lakes Research Center when I worked with my dear friend and colleague Val Ganu. Mm. Uh, we worked together with the University Indigenous Community Partnerships Program at Tech as well. Um, so I, I started working there about three years ago. Um, really appreciate the vast expanse of work that's happening at the GLRC. It's a very interdisciplinary center, lots of different types of research with a huge emphasis on education and outreach and really recognizing that research is driven by values and priorities of communities, I think is really important. So what do our communities value and prioritize here within the Great Lakes? Maybe thinking climate change or water quality, those kind of things. So, yeah. yeah, the GLRC, Great Lakes Research mm -hmm. Center. Um, I know that every time I see you, you usually mention you're so busy with work. <laughs> so what are, if you don't mind mentioning, what are some of the long-term projects that you guys are working on? Sure. Well, again, this idea of uh, geoheritage, uh, this drives a lot of some of the projects we're working on with student interns at the moment. Mm. I also work with the um, Lake Superior Stewardship Initiative. I am part of the leadership team. We also have another Copper Harbor resident, Lloyd Westcode, who is yeah. part of that team. Um, that work is incredibly dear to my heart and mm. I think very impactful. We spend a lot of time working with K-12 educators and students and thinking about what kind of issues are happening within their communities and developing um, plans and ways of uh, becoming better stewards and working with community partners to address some of those things. So projects might include things like invasive species. Mm -hmm. um, they may include like a beach cleanup mm -hmm. or just awareness of, of or spotted knapweed, pulling invasive mm -hmm. species, these kind of things. Um, so it's a really great way to connect university partners, not-for-profits that are, are doing things like Wild Ones or you know other, other groups like this to local schools. So you're getting the student voice mm. as to what things are important in your own community. So that's, that's a huge part of what we do and, and I love that. <laughs> awesome, I can tell yeah. you light up yeah. when you talk about it. Um, I know one other thing you do every year is take part in the Water Walk. Uh, can you tell us about why that's important? Not only at the biological level but a spiritual one as well absolutely spiritual energetic um the water walk is a water ceremony that is generously shared with our friends and community members at Keweenaw Bay Indian Community there are two water walks actually mm -hmm. that happen throughout the year there's one that happens the week of powwow um mm -hmm. and it goes from Bequaming to the Sandpoint Lighthouse the other is a walk that goes between Sandpoint Lighthouse and Copper Harbor. So it's a three-day walk. And what that walk is really about is drawing awareness to the importance of water. Water is life. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is another one of these fundamental truths that we think about. Mm -hmm. It's also about that healing, like healing for the water, healing for individuals, healing for communities. I'm actually going to cry thinking about it. Okay, it's, uh, it's a very powerful ceremony. Um, and and again, we, it's it's open to anyone to join and walk. We're, we're very, um, I, I'm, I'm grateful that we have all been invited into this ceremony. Yeah. And it's this energetic healing. You feel it. You feel mm. that's, that power of that, 
of that walk and, and carrying that water through Anishinaabe Aki through this through this region. So Wow. Cool. Well thanks for sharing your knowledge with us. What do you like to do here for fun, Erica? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love gardening, of course. Really, really, really grateful to have a plot in our community garden, which is just full of luscious green abundance right now. Um, It's beautiful right now. It really is stunning Mm. up there. Um, I love just spending time on the lakeshore. And I do a lot of hiking, a lot of walking, uh, like picking berries. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Just as any time I can be outside and by the lakeshore, I'm a happy person. Aww, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, and I absolutely love seeing you in the garden. You're such a team player in there, and you sing to your plants, and you walk around in your bare feet, and you're just a lovely soul. I really treasure being able to share that experience with you. Um, in fact, you're one of the main inspirations for my latest book, In the Dirt. Because watching you, especially with the battle with the cucumber beetles, <laughs> I realized what what you gave me just a whole new perspective on what it means to be in a community garden and take on that whole swath of dirt as something that connects us and not just each our own plot. So that was really cool um, inspiration. So thank you for that wisdom. Um, The other thing we're going to do together is sing. And we have a real treat for our listener, don't we? I think we do. (laughs) I think we do. But first, are there any wise words you'd like to share with our listener today? I I don't know if they're wise words, but thinking again about how geology is foundational to our identities and our sense of place and and you were just talking about community in a garden and I think Mm -hmm. um, anywhere we go offering gratitude to the land offering gratitude Mm -hmm. to the water maybe that's singing like you were just saying singing to the plants Mm -hmm. Um, but that gratitude piece that recognition that we care for one another that we are living in this place in reciprocity and we we share so much the land and the water gives us so much so how do we give back how do we live in that beautiful place of reciprocity so gratitude is a good way to do that that is lovely thank you and uh also because you were an inspiration for my latest book i'm gonna do a quick plug and mention that all orders over 25 dollars ship for free from the copper harbor vitality online store that's two books two books or more and you don't even have to pay shipping who wants to pay shipping so anyway there you go it's a good feeling or you can stop in the gallery and say hi because you know you don't pay shipping in the gallery either i'm also going to put in a plug because i'm on chapter three of in the dirt oh boy it is fantastic so (laughs) you bet i only see a few on the shelf here so you better hurry up folks and put your order in (laughs) oh my gosh thank you erica it is fantastic, though. Okay, are you ready to sing? Yeah, let's, let's do, it. do it. So uh, before we get into this, I'll just let you know that I rewrote the words to a Lord song to match how most Copper Harbor residents feel by the time August rolls around. And lo and behold, we're in August with our heads spinning. So let's fire it up. I've never seen a drive-by in the flesh 
Sometimes cheat and roll through stop signs on the dirt roads And I'm proud of my address In this podunk town with postcode envy Cause every summer's like bright stars, car alarms, is an iron royal No phone, greenstone, how do I get to Keystone? We don't care we're drinking cocktails in our dreams And it's the longest so pasty, pasty What's a thimbleberry? Non-stop for job Stuck behind an RV Don't you dare We're just caught up in our own affairs And we'll never be urban We're afraid of traffic lights And hearing sirens in the night We prefer the northern lights We'll pretend it's November Leaves are falling off the trees And our heads are cool Cause we live our fantasies Please ask me if I'm a local Then ask me what I do here all winter I've never been asked that before. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I'm trying to ignore you. Cause every summer's like bright stars, car alarms, is that I a royal? No spoon, greenstone, how do we get to Keystone? We don't care. We're drinking cocktails in our dreams. And it's still August, so pasty, pasty. What's a thimbleberry? Non-stop for jobs. Stuck behind an RV, don't you dare. We're just caught up in our own affairs. And we'll never be urban. We're afraid of traffic lights. And hearing sirens in the night. We prefer the northern lights. We'll pretend it's November. Falling off the trees And our heads are cool, are cool, are cool. Cause we live our fantasies <laughs> cool. Alright, let's finish this up, eh? Erica, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today It's been such a pleasure uh, You're wonderful I'd like to invite our listener to reach out with any questions for any of our guests. Till next time, remember the ground we walk on connects us all. And be good to yourself. Bum bum da 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 da